Hey guys, welcome. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to episode 230 of Geekscape. I'm Jonathan Lennon over here on the left. If you're a video watcher, and I also sound like this if you're an audio listener. Uh, this is your favorite movies, video games, and comic book podcast. Aww. And uh, every week I like to sit down with a co-host. Bad news, bibs. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> this week is no strangers. Uh, this guy's no stranger to you guys. Nor William, is the week. William, <laughs> William Bibiani. Uh, Hi. Who. I guess started out with Geekscape. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And now what are you up to? Oh, God. I got a girlfriend. I'm drinking a Coke. Woo! All right. Uh, All right. All in yeah. one day. Yeah. No, I'm a... Uh, it's all uphill so, from here. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, uh, no, I moved on. I've, I've, I, I mostly work for Crave Online now. I'm the editor of their film section. Have my own podcast over there. And uh, we got a new web series coming out over there, too. So oh, really? What's fun. this web series? Can you? How much? Uh, what can I, you tell us? I, what can you tell well, us about this new web series? I don't know if it's going to premiere yet. Hopefully within the next couple of weeks. And it's, it's an action series? series? It's a comedy series. Oh. Uh, sorry. I know you want to see me jumping <laughs> off. I want to see you. I just want to see you swinging a sword. <laughs> you can see me swinging a sword in a web series. It's called Bus Pirates. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, you're right. I get to decapitate bitches. What it's you fun. first came on the show yeah, to promote. Yeah, literally the first thing. And I loved it. Memories. Remember that time when we used to do I'm things? <laughs> Except talk. Remember, remember when we used to do things rather than just talk about things? <laughs> no. You uh, had less hair then. That's true. Well, I, I, and and more. Oh. He's got the. He's fucking rocking yeah. the ponytail. I know. I'm like. I'm such a badass. But no, we got a got a comedy <laughs> web series called uh, Trailer Hitch, where we, make, where we make fun of new movie trailers, and that should be coming out hopefully in two weeks. But I can't really say for certain. We don't have a date set. Okay, and yeah. and who who is this we? Uh, it's that's me and Geekscape's own Whitney Seibold. All right, look at that shit right there. So uh, so be on the lookout. Be Spreading the lookout. like the plague, this Geekscape. Of course, now I jinxed it. Now it's not going to premiere at all. You fucked mm. me for the last time, Jonathan. No, I haven't. And not the first. And not the first. <laughs> no, I no, I haven't. I'm in the Geekscape with this. I'm in the Comic Con with you and shared a bed. Uh, do, do you miss those sharing the bed? <laughs> that kind of stuff? Do you miss Every, the Comic Cons with Geekscape? Because this past Comic Con you had fun, right? Like, uh, no, fun I had no fun whatsoever. Okay, what, 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 what did, he, got, he got Hall H. I yeah. got Hall H. This yeah. year. Someone had to do it. I'm, unfortunately for me, I'm reliable. So uh, yeah. I had to. I was. I was. I was like live podcasting or everything. That everything happened in Hall H, and it was kind of hell. Right. It, wasn't, it wasn't, but you know what, you know, when you do what we do, you know, you have a website, whatever, you're at Comic-Con to work, you know, you're working, you're yeah. promoting your comic books, yeah, you're promoting yeah, your yeah, website, yeah. I was working, I had to report on the news, it wasn't the most fun time I've ever had there, what are you gonna do? It just fucking sings like hell, just sitting in Hall H with, like, tweeting. Yeah, I had to sit through, uh, uh Twilight, which wasn't good to do. So you're not, are you gonna have, I mean, you have to watch this Twilight movie that's gonna come no, out, right? No, I don't like, actually have to. How do you get out of that one? Aren't well, you the movie he, guy? We are, I am the movie guy. Uh, I suppose I might end up going to see it, but, um, you know, there are certain demographics that we don't really cater to. They didn't send me to Sarah Jessica Parker's latest opus. That's the kind of shit that I see. How does that you, she do it? Yeah, that's I the, don't know how she does it. That's the kind of thing that you go back and do, though. Like, I see you do, being like, you know what, I'm going to cover yeah. every movie, the worst movies of yeah, all. Yeah, and I, you go I, back I and see that. I don't have to, is, is my point. So I may or may not. So you're doing, it, thing. you're doing it like... Yeah. Voluntarily? Sometimes. You saw the, what was the one where, with uh, Jennifer Aniston and... No. What was the one? No, no, no. <laughs> you know? Just no. Horrible uh, bosses. No, no, no. no. no that, I, that one I liked. But I was thinking positively. No, no. I, I was thinking about the one with the bounty hunter. The, the bounty hunter. Yeah, that was, that was for a different site. That was okay. That was, okay. That was for the California Literary Review. I was trying to catch up on all these bad movies. And then I felt, you know, a lot of times people see a bad movie and they'll say, well, that was bad. And he just sort of write it off. And I'm like, no, let's fucking figure out how this went wrong. Mm -hmm. You know? Because, yeah, okay, it's Jennifer Aniston, Gerard Butler. Oh, how are they going to end up together? They're so mismatched. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to, I, wanna, I just want to... What? Yeah. Are you in an okay? I'm actually a little sick today. I'm, I'm totally out of it. So, so I'm just going to warn you now. Brian Gilmore, say hi to the audience. Gilmore, I get sick just thinking about it. Uh, Matt Kelly, say hi to the that's audience. Hey. Uh, that's Matt Kelly, uh, Bastion of audience. Excitement. Bibs and I... trying to get up my enthusiasm. What, what happened? I'm just trying to get up my enthusiasm to be on your show. That's all right. Ugh, it's good to have a thespian here. Uh, <laughs> hey, that was a, hey, I was in college when I was a thespian. Okay, it was a phase. Would you ever now. go back to thespianizing? Um, probably not much. What? I mean, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little. I mean, it would depend on for who or what the job was. Okay. You know, Let's if you wanted job. me to be in your 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 
stuff. Home porno movies, and yeah. Get the dogs in here. Just get the dogs in here. No. <sighs> That's a G-rated. Um, I don't know. G for God. Where do we go? Where do we go wrong? Um, okay, guys. Uh, we are going to give you a movie review. This week. episode ever. This week, Bibiani and I went to see Real Steel. This is, who's the director? Sean Levy? Sean Levy. Who did Night of the Museum. He did Cheaper by the Dozen. He did the Pink Panther remake. And now he he's got this. Date Night. Now he's got this movie, Real Steel. It's got yeah. Hugh Jackman as an ex-boxer who only works as a guy who fights controlled robots. In, yeah. And, basically he, and he's he play, not doing too he plays, well. He basically, he plays live-action robot street fighter for audiences. Right. And, yeah. um, and it takes place about 20 years in the future, 30 yeah, years in the future, no, something like that. Very close. Very recognizable. They're Let's vague about it. Cars. And he's down on his luck. His boxing days are way behind him. His robot boxing <sighs> days seem to be almost behind him. Yeah. And he owes a ton of people a bunch of money, and he's kind of yeah. doing county fairs uh, for cash. And... He's struck out one last time and two last times. Actually. Well, and then he yeah. discovers that he has a kid, and the mother of the kid. No, he knew he had is, a kid. He just abandoned oh, right, right. his kid. He's he, actually he, a total douchebag. He finds out that the kid's mother's died. Yeah, convenient. Okay, here's what here's yeah, what happens. He, so he, he's down on his luck. He's just lost a shit ton of money uh, in this you know robot fight with a bull, right. which would which would qualify as horrific animal cruelty if the robot had won. And so if he, it's kind well, of weird if, to begin if, the movie that way. And if he just paid attention, I think he would have yeah. won. Yeah, yeah. This guy is this guy is just sabotaging himself. He over he over, overextends his bets. He doesn't pay attention. Whatever. He's coasting on life. Anyway, so he had a girlfriend. His girlfriend had a kid. He abandoned the kid. Didn't see him for like twelve years. Then, luckily, his his ex girlfriend dies, and this kid wants to be. Uh, it, it, this, he's like will like, to him. What was it? Uh, yeah, he, no, no, well, he's, he's the next. He's the he's, next. He's the next kin. Of kin. He's gonna. Yeah. He he automatically has custody of the kid. He doesn't want custody of the kid. So what happens is he sells custody of the kid to the kid's aunt and uncle, who actually want to adopt him. And have money. And have money. Which and he, he says, listen, I'll, I'll do it, but you got to give me some cash. And the, the uncle says, yeah, fine, but I don't even want this kid around all summer, so you got to take care of him for like three months. Right. Uh, so already, it's just kind of a douche. Movie. He's an awful human being. Awful human beings. And, you know, and I think that's, it starts it off on a good note, because this could have been the uh, awful, sappy, saccharine mess. Mm-hmm. You know, this could have been like, oh, boxing. I am not articulate today. No, well, I think what you're trying to say is yes. it could have been a guy who's really down on his luck. He's yeah. unlikable, and then he turns into somebody who just finds the joy in life and yeah. reconnects. Or even, with his or kid. even vice versa. He could have just been nice all the way through, right. and he, the, the idea would be like, oh, well, we want him to succeed. And too often people start the movie off too far into the story. Here they start him off where he's a dick. He's a total right. dick. And, and he's not uh, shy about it. He's not shy about it. He's a total asshole. He bitches at his kids. He forces them to eat burritos. But lucky for him, his kid is into these robot fighting. Yeah. And, and As indeed you, too, would be if it was <laughs> if, real. If, it was re- if you were a 12-year-old kid, yeah. you'd be all well, about I, this. If I was a 12-year-old kid and I saw this movie, I'd be, uh, I'd be like, dude! Robots! Right. Want to have all the toys? Want to play the video game even though it will inevitably suck? <laughs> well, I mean, that being said, the, yeah. I, we enjoyed the movie. I love the movie. You love the movie. I, I thought it. I really liked it. Yeah, um, but I, I was it, scared that it was going to fall into that oh, it saccharine. Looked, it looked awful. Type Sean, of shit. Look, Everybody says it's going to be no, awful. No one lis- The best Sean Levy movie I've ever seen is Pink Panther, and that says a lot. Right. All right. That's like that's not even a good movie. But uh, yeah, so I I went in there expecting nothing. It looked like a stupid idea. Uh, it has like a little kid as one of the main characters, and that's always death. I don't know if you remember Legend of Zorro. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I we're gonna, do, I we're gonna do, watch it. We're gonna well, do a sequel to the. Ma- I, I saw like the first thirty minutes, right. and uh, yeah, we're gonna do like a sequel to the Mask of Zorro. This great, you know, actually very fun action movie with Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta Jones and Antonio Hopkins. And um, you have to say Antonio. Antonio Hopkins. Yeah. I don't know. If uh, he's, yeah. he's Spanish. And uh, but yeah, <laughs> and then we're gonna add a kid to add like youth appeal. Yeah. yeah and the kid's just bouncing around They're like just a fucking annoying. Yeah, like like a fucking hyper adrenalized maniac. My puppy's gonna do from the trailer <laughs> that's what they thought would sell the film <laughs> real steel isn't like that i like the kid the kid's kind of a dick too right. um you know you, you, you like the characters because they're vaguely believable it had a nice 80s sensibility you know in the 80s they weren't afraid to make family movies not homogenized right you know they were made for cool so, people yeah this and one even like has yeah. bits of racism in it a little bit of racism <laughs> The Japanese character, the redneck character, yeah, and well, the, the black character isn't that bad. He's the bad guy. Yeah, he could be. He could be that like basically stereotypical the evil Russian woman. The, the, evil, the evil Russian, Russian woman. woman. Yeah, sure, fine. Listen, this is this is an American movie. All right, this is for America. 
You uh, like it? You can get it out. Uh, <laughs> what I liked about it, it what surprised me about it, is that it, it, it literally does hit every beat you think it's going to hit. It yeah. is very conventional. Yeah, it, At the same time, listen, it's a fun movie. Listen, genre tropes are genre tropes for a reason, because they work. The problem is when people phone them in. Right. You know, when they throw them in because that's just what's supposed to happen in the movie. Real Steel sells each one of those genre tropes. The big fight matters because it seems unwinnable. Right. You know, so even though it's a cliche, you, you, you're really you're really down for it. Um, so yeah, the, the the kids' relationship with his dad, you you buy it because they bother setting them up as antagonistic towards each other. Um, so yeah, it, it it works great. It's a big honking glop of cliches. But they all work, so who gives a shit? Right. It's a really fun the movie. the two best things in that movie, though? What are the okay. two best things in the movie, The Matt? zoo? The yeah. zoo scene with the, with the crazy... Which fucking badass. Backwards rednecks. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the extras were just... Could you imagine being an extra in this movie yeah. and you have to cheer for a fig, like a, a robot? I mean, it's all it's all CGI robots. Mostly. I think, I think they built a few of them just for like regular standing right. around scenes, but yeah. But could you imagine being like... It's like the future and you're hanging out like a... Like a like an industrial complex that's been yeah. shut down, and now they just have illegal robot fights. And your job as an extra that day is to be like, "Yeah, come on, all right." How and is that and you wear like leather and stuff. Like that? How is that different from every totally other? Fucking how is that different from every other movie when you're gonna do footage of the extras screaming and you're not gonna bother putting the fight on for them? No, I'm just watching. The best it and thing like, about it is, I'm like these extras spend it. all this money on beer just to spill it everywhere with their excitement <laughs> <Yeah. of> these <laughs> fights. <laughs> the, 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 the extras are going above it. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Imagine those movies you just referenced that yeah. it's similar to. Yeah. These extras go above and beyond <laughs> they earn their paycheck what's the matter with you what what do you have against extras because you got to work you're anti-union because you, you got to work in like the uh you got to work in like the i guess when you're fighting robots you started as like undercards like the weird like underground circuit yeah right and, and there's nothing but hillbillies drinking beer and hanging out just like robots fight i thought that shit was so hilarious i don't know if that's true or not i just assumed <laughs> or wrestling I, Oh, yeah. wrestling, wrestling, yeah. 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 Matt yeah. Kelly and I had just a Just like in time. wrestling, you know, you start off doing like a bunch of shitty fights like in The Wrestler, <laughs> and then eventually you, you become president. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Kelly and I... Uh, I don't know how that... We, I assume that's true. We kept watching this movie, and, it, you know, there's a giant <laughs> robot fighting. We kept looking at the extras. Because the extras would be like some guy with his face tattooed would be like... <laughs> you know, any movie set in the future, you can always tell, like, how much thought went into it because of the extras. Right. Because, you know, you look at Blade Runner, everyone's walking around with, like, you know, umbrellas <laughs> made from fluorescent lights and shit. It's just, like, it's the, that attention to detail and also how far into the future it is and whether they think all the clothing is going to change, like, in the fifth element. And here it's just, like, so douchebags are still around. <laughs> okay, cool. I buy that. That seems like a believable future I, to me. I actually, like, Sean Levy did explain that when he was designing the film, he wanted it to be in the year 2020. Yeah. And his, his explanation was, like, if you look at eight years ago... Our cell phones look completely different, but a diner still looks the same. Yeah. That's the world yeah. that he created. Yeah, all the right? stuff that would be really expensive to, to switch over looks the same. I mean, even cars. The majority the cars of every car similar. you see on the street now are from, like, at least five years ago. Mm -hmm. So everything's fairly recognizable. And I like that vision of the future as opposed to the, you know, minority report. In 20 years, there's going to be fucking magnetic freeways all over the fucking country. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Right. So, yeah, I liked it. I liked, it. I, I liked the movie a lot. And uh, Is I, it a top ten for you this year? Oh, no. No? No, no. It's okay. good, though. It's, it would have been a top ten last year. Last year sucked. We've actually been in a pretty good year for movies. What year. are some of the tops that, like, going into the end of the year? What are some of your um, Well, obviously, we're heading towards Oscar season, so all this could change. Yeah. Uh, but Tree of Life was great. Uh, Super was amazing. You were right about that. Uh, what else did I see that I liked? Leap Year, this uh, Mexican drama movie. Okay. Uh, won, like, the Best New Filmmaker Award can. That was fucking phenomenal. Um, I, I'm going to get a lot of stuff for this, I imagine, but I actually really loved Source Code. I liked Source Code. Yeah, I thought Source Code was... Why would you was, get shit for that? You know, a lot of people give me shit because it's like, oh, well, there's some plot holes. And I'm like, it's a time travel movie. That's yeah, like a, that's like a, a plot trope. hole. That's like complaining that a romantic comedy has a meat cute in it, okay? It's right. what you get. But no, I thought it was actually really... I liked that movie because it had a very interesting... Um, it had an interesting theme about how, you know, people looking back on, like, terrorist acts or whatever like that are looking at it as a series of, of figures. You know, this mm -hmm. is how many people died, there's nothing we can do about it, blah, blah, blah. And they're sending someone back in time to try to fix it and they tell him you can't change anything, but he can't perceive that because he's actually empathizing with everyone, all the victims. Right. And I thought that was an actually interesting thing to dramatize, and I thought they handled it in a very good way. So I, I that's still in my top ten. Uh, what else? Moneyball was really good, mm -hmm. although I personally thought it was the movie Atlas Shrugged wanted to be. 
<laughs> yeah, Moneyball was good. It, it, it hit it's a little bit of a second act slump, but I was totally yeah. into it. Yeah, I, was I, I didn't it. see the Atlas Shrugged thing. Atlas Shrugged is, is seriously still the worst movie of the year. I, I've, and I've seen I've Bellflower. Heard but, uh, and, and you, and now, I, I was hearing that Bellflower was good, and I was on the fence about really seeing think, it. Some people really think Bellflower is good. Uh, some people really like Miracle Whip, so I don't know what that means. Right. I like Miracle Whip. So you might like Bellflower. Yeah, uh, it's I'm, just, still gonna, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna rent it. <laughs> it's just really just misogynistic, mumblecore, boring, uh, nicely shot, but the ending just goes completely. It's a nihilistic man. It's it's it's. There's a scene towards the end where everything is just going so completely over the top, bug nuts, that it's almost entertaining. Someone shoots themselves in the head what? for no reason other than the movie is ending. That's the only reason I can I can imagine why they're doing it. And then they sort of cut away, and they said, well, did that really happen? Well, if not, then I'm bored. Um, right. So, anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a huge mess. I honestly don't understand what the big deal was about it. I, I think the guys have, are interesting filmmakers, and I look forward to seeing what else they do, mm -hmm. but this is not a good movie. Laura and I yeah. went to see 50-50. We thought that was pretty good. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah that yeah, movie's really nice. I, I, I found that um, they had a good balance there, because uh, you know, it's hard to do a movie about cancer without turning it into a cheap plot device. Right. Really cheap every single time and here's one because they didn't really over dramatize it and they didn't try to make it into too much of a comedy the comedy came out of just interactions over how weird your life becomes when you have to deal with some sort of debilitating illness as opposed to um oh no comedy is happening <laughs> well i mean you could see how they would just be like all right i'm really sick no 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 you, I'm, I'm, I'm telling everyone bibs, bibs, normally i'm funny bibs you're doing awesome yeah, yeah. uh no, I can understand how it's something yeah. like uh, like a cancer movie. You know what? You just fucking do you let the comedy come to you, and they, de yeah, they definitely let the, yeah. they let you do that. Um, yeah, everyone's very naturalistic. It was great. Uh, you went and saw the Human Centipede too. I did. Yeah. Now, now, uh, now, yeah, we're all cheering that you took the bullet. <laughs> yeah, they'll send me to that, but they won't send me to Twilight. Right. Um. So Human Centipede two. We just put the poster up on Geekscape, and it opened. Um, <sighs> Did you enjoy the Human Centipede one? Like in context, yes. like like what did you like about Human Centipede one? Human Centipede one. Here's my thing about Human Centipede one. I think the first Human Centipede. There's an argument to be made that okay. on some level the original Human Centipede is the most powerful film of the last ten years, if only because it really you can't like not think about it. Okay. Even just hearing the concept can ruin someone's day. It's just powerfully visceral. But then you watch the movie, and it's just sort of a little genre movie. Well, Gilmore hears the idea. He just goes, "Yeah, hmm. yeah." It's like, did you watch the movie? It's okay. Continues masturbating. It's okay. Of course, it's, it's okay. Continues it's, masturbating. It's, it's it's a goofy little movie, but it actually moves very well. It's really suspenseful. The at first the end. one. First one. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually very watchable. I was actually dreaded watching for a long time because I was like, this just looks like a geek show, and not in a good right, like, right, right. This show, literally, kind of but like a literal geek show. Um. <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, I ended up thinking it was perfectly fine. It's a, it's a perfectly good little movie. It's, you know, some people are going to think it's really fucked up because it is, but if you like horror, it's perfectly fine. The Human Centipede 2 sees the first film as a challenge. What do you mean? Well, it's like... we got to up the stakes. You have to up the... Yeah. I, I, I think in my review I said uh, it tries really hard to outgross the original in an attempt to outgross the original. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. He said, what, what did Whitney he, in Whitney's review, he said the opening line was, is it strange to say that the magic is gone? <laughs> <laughs> um, Whitney, Whitney didn't like it as much as I did. But, uh, yeah, no, but it's, you liked this. I kind of liked it. It's not great, but I do think it's unusually, like, on the surface, it is just fucked up over and over again. Some of the most atrocious shit I've ever seen in a movie like what? is in this movie. Like Okay, spoiler. I'm, I'm right. not going to see this. So shit. one of the one of the people he kidnaps for to create his human centipede is pregnant. Okay. Oh. Oh Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well. Now, now, now. While he's attempting to, to sever everyone's uh, while he's attempting to sever everyone's like buttocks off and sew it onto their face, uh, she dies. Oh no. And he like or he, and he puts her off in the corner so she won't <laughs> be in the way while he's making the rest of his human centipede. But then. She wakes up. She wasn't dead. He's not a doctor. He, didn't, he just he just saw her pass out. So oh, he's she, not a doctor. He's not a doctor. Okay. This guy was a surgeon. Like a. I'm gonna get to that. Oh, in this a is a new guy. This doing is a new thing? guy. Okay. This, I'll, I'll get to the premise actually in a second. You just wanted to hear about some of the fucked up shit. Okay. So she's like running out of the way, and she's having a miscarriage, and there's like blood flowing out. Jesus. She gets into a car. The baby falls out, but she's in such a hurry to get away. The baby falls under the accelerator, and she jams it all the way down anyway. Jesus Christ! The yeah. Baby, the baby's all like a dead baby under the accelerator. Alive. How does the does the baby live? I we that is a cliffhanger. I assume they're going to get to that in Human Centipede Three. 
Okay. I assume that baby's gonna be the bad guy in like this dystopian future. So they they catch does he catch so he catches this woman. He doesn't catch her. She gets away, and it's sort of a it's sort of left hanging. Um, huh. Yeah, like you do. So anyway, um, you either want to see that or you don't. And I, <laughs> my thing is this: I'll tell people. That's pretty I'll, clear. I'll tell people. Listen, the Human Centipede, not as grotesque as you think. It might be worth watching. If you don't want to see Human Centipede two, that's okay. <laughs> no one's gonna judge you if you can't. Even if you start watching it and you have to walk out, it's totally fine. It means you have a heart. That's totally, totally fine. But it's not actually an awful, awful movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just full of really dis- It's just in poor taste. Right. You know, a lot of movies are in poor taste. Solo is in poor taste. It's still a good movie. Hmm. Um, so I'm not going to say it's Solo. It's not that good. But no, so Same Centipede 2 uh, takes place. Uh, if the Human Centipede 1 was a movie, so Human Centipede 2 is the real world. Okay. So it opens with a guy watching the Human Centipede. And he just served this moment. What? Yeah. Oh, this shit gets meta. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not even. It's not. It's not that's not even terribly you. important. But yeah, the the movie it's is. Been Twenty years. It could be you. Yeah. So anyway, so it's a movie. The original centipede is a movie within a movie. Here's a guy who is, you know, I think apparently the idea came from someone asked him at a film festival, the director Tom Six, like, you know, are you worried that someone's gonna get some pervert's gonna like do this in real life? And he's like, no, that'd be stupid. Right. But uh, so he he's said, let's make a movie, yeah. So let's 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 <laughs> tell a movie about that guy. And so in order to justify how incredibly disturbed you'd have to be to even consider this, like consider actually doing it, let alone actually do it, he creates a very interesting world that is the most like pervasively abusive reality I've, I think I've ever seen in a movie. It's, it's, too, it's absurdist. It's comic. Hmm. How just off... His, his mom uh, is, uh, hates him and wants to kill him uh, because uh, his father sexually abused him and now he's in jail, and she blames the kid. So it's basically Precious if Precious decided to make a human centipede. Um, which, by the way, that should better be the movie. Review. That's the review. Better movie. Actually, yeah. I wish I thought of that. That would be the review really right good. there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it's this great bit where he like he comes, you know, she, she like comes into his bedroom, she sees his lump under the pillows, and she starts stabbing it with a knife. And then he like comes in from the bathroom and turns on a light, goes, "It's a pillow." She's sort of like. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, and the whole thing is like, it's like a fucking wily coyote. And so the whole idea, <laughs> yes, that's exactly like a wily coyote. It's a ridiculous. It's, it's like a cartoon. It's, it's, it's a cartoon. It's very it's it's very funny, but it's so also so intensely dark that it doesn't just become a comedy. Right. It's just this weird balance, and the movie works. If the movie works at all, it works on one of three levels. Either it's just so gross, and you're in some level point in your life where you just want to see really extreme shit. Are you? No, personally okay. I'm not. Okay. But I know people who are. They go through a phase. Well, fuck it, I'm going to see all these Takeshi Miike gross-out fests. Whatever. Okay. Some people go through that, fine. This is the movie for you. Uh, but there, there are two other levels in which the way movie kind of works. One is as a sort of indictment of, of all kinds of uh, horror movie supervillains as opposed to actual murderers. Okay. Um, you know, if you look at something like Saw, if you tried to do Saw in even a semi-realistic way and someone actually tried to make all these death traps, it'd be comical. Right. It'd be absolutely ridiculous. Like it'd, it'd, be, it'd be a Rube Goldberg joke. Um, is that where you are in your life? Yes. Okay. Uh, but no, so the whole thing is, you know, he sees this movie and he tries to do it himself and he's not a doctor and he ends up screwing it up. He can't, like, sew people's faces onto each other's, onto each other's asses. So he actually ends up using a staple gun. It's, yeah, he doesn't know how to do it. And so it's just how ridiculous Why are you taking the whole thing is. Gilmore? And, yeah. I know, and he does, like, <laughs> he watches the first movie, and the first movie, you know, you hear the, the concept of people's, like, mouths sewn to someone else's ass, and, you know, the whole, like, they're going to share a digestive tract and eat each other's poo or whatever. Uh, but, and you hear, like, oh, that's so disgusting, then you watch the first movie, and it's actually not a big part of it. It's, like, they show it, like, once, but it doesn't, like, yeah. fly everywhere because they're sewn up. Yeah. Um, the movie's, about the, movie's yeah. about the guy. Yeah, the movie's, the movie's about the guy, and the movie is about these people in a situation that is so horrific and tragic that you can't help but empathize with them. As opposed to every other kind of movie, death and torture, we've Relaxing. seen so many times. We've seen so many times, it doesn't yeah. mean that much to right. us. Well, after they're already attached. In the first one, yeah. like, the girl gets away, the guy catches her, yeah. and everyone is yeah. happy. Uh, your, your mic is hopping oh. off, don't worry about it, we'll put it so back. Mike doesn't want to be involved in the human beat either. Um... So yeah, so uh, so oh that on that level it's kind of interesting. You know, he does like that poo thing, and like he, even he's so grossed out by it that he has he to throw up. Yeah. So but on the other level, it's so on one hand it's criticizing the first film and how ridiculous it is. On the other hand, it's totally exalting it because look at how powerful this film was and it affected someone. But 
I don't think that's a very fair argument. I think some people have made that argument. I don't think that's fair because it has to create this bizarre, over-the-top world of ridiculousness in order to even justify that as plausible. Right. So I, th I think it's unusually intelligent. I think it's smarter than you think it is. It is also borderline unwatchable. So <laughs> it, it is. Some people are going to have a seriously hard fucking time watching it. For so what reason? For just the gore? Just the gore. Okay. Just, just the unpleasantness and the gore is just so disgusting that... Some people are just going to be able, unable to watch it. I anticipate most people. But if you but if you can get through it, if this is if this is not too far beyond the boundaries of what you consider tasteful, in terms of just you know the whole hustler argument, you know, right. good taste is you know um, subjective. Right. So yeah, if if you can handle it, I think you'll find this movie is better than you think it is. But if you can't handle it, that's totally fine. This movie is utterly depraved. Okay. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Wait. So the baby falls out. Yeah. Falls so she's out. giving birth while ex while escaping. Yeah. Yeah. She's giving doing... birth is a huge deal. Like she yeah. just does that you know while what? running. You know what? Yeah. Adrenaline, man. It just yeah. Carries you through it. Yeah. The baby went under the accelerator. Yeah. So she's running while giving birth. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. plop. The running might have. Less, the running yeah. might have helped the giving birth. Yeah. You know, you ever hear of a water birth? Yeah. Somehow that relates. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's like precious if precious had made a human centipede <laughs> it totally is actually oh my um, god i need to tweet about that let's start a meme so uh i'm a modern guy <laughs> <laughs> so guys if you're in, if, if, if you're into horror now we're cooking with gas if you're into the horror stuff if you're into the horror movies um i'm gonna pause and let you guys know that 27 minutes in viviani's sense of humor returns <laughs> finally we're gonna start the podcast way two to, minutes way ago. to shape you way to shake you into it uh guys uh so I need an extensive rehearsal process. For we've got the uh, we've got ZombieCon coming up in two weeks. We got, uh, hey. we've got like I think it's the twenty third, twenty fourth in Seattle. Go to ZombieCon.com. Uh, Norman Reedus, and um, who's the guy who? Oh, who's the other actor in, in Walking Dead? Not John Bernthal, but the other cop. Um, Steve. He looks like Fred Ward. <laughs> oh, he totally does. Uh, you know, I, I, I totally had his name. Uh, I didn't write it down because I was like, oh, you're going to remember this. And I didn't remember this. Uh, we've got the cast of, like, some of the cast members from Walking Dead coming to ZombieCon. We also have uh, a couple of the stars from uh, True Blood. We've got a couple of horror people. Who, who there. you get from True Blood? Um, I think the main vampire. Uh, uh, the main Bill dude. Condon? I think Bill Bill Condon. one of those main guys. Bill Condon, like, yeah. it, it, all the information. If you get Alexander Skarsgård, could you blow him for me? Yeah, well, okay. I, I was going to have him sign, like, a uh, Battleship One sheet or something. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That but can, but can you blow him for me? No. Uh, he's, he's, I'll, I'll blow him. I, I'm not I, gay, I, I but for him we, I'll learn. I know we love that guy. Yeah. I love him from, uh, from what was the name of the Generation Kill. Generation Kill. Oh, so good on that show. Uh, did you end up seeing the remake mm. of... Uh, no. What was it? He Straw was, Dogs. Yeah, Straw Dogs. You didn't end up seeing it? No, I didn't end up guy? seeing that. Um, they, they did not screen that for critics. I could shock. not bring that myself to go see that. Here's what offended me about that movie. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, if you want to remake a movie, that's okay. I mean, we don't like most of them, but whatever. You know, it's the industry. You can make a movie do whatever you want. Uh, I've, I've seen interviews with uh, Rod Lurie, who directed the film, and who's made some decent movies before. Um, and he was talking about the reason why he remade Straw Dogs is because, essentially, um, he disagreed with the original film's message. Hmm. Uh, which in the original film is this very brutal, you know, man is in, is intrinsically violent and we're just, you know, fighting off our own natures, blah, 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 blah. He wanted to make a bit more of a humanist tale. And that struck me as not as, as completely the wrong mindset to go into when you're making a, when you're remaking a movie because you don't want to remake the same movie. But if you're making the exact contrary argument, right. you're inserting yourself into the conversation of the original film. You're diminishing the film whether or not you're any good. Okay. And that, you know, every time you bring up Straw Dogs, you're going to have to say the remake of the original, and you're going to have to be able to say, you know, people are going to get confused at some point and think that they're related when, in fact, they're not. You know? You know? Yes, yes but I did not. Do you know? Um, the reason I bring up ZombieCon, mm -hmm. Will, yeah. is uh, the Gilmore and I have seen the first episode of Walking Dead Season okay. 2. You've actually seen the first two. I haven't watched the second one yet, but... It, I mean, one thing that somebody asked me about the Walking Dead season two, uh, first, you know, the episode is, did you notice the budget cuts? But they haven't happened in the first two episodes. Like the budget yeah, cuts, that's, it gets happened like halfway it, through, yeah. the, through the season, through yeah. shooting of the season. Uh, I actually enjoyed the first episode. Well, what, where where are we at now? Because last we saw, they they just escaped that like borderline nuclear explosion. <laughs> right, right. The, yeah. the the destruction of the uh, CDC building in yeah. Atlanta, and yeah. now they're on the road. They just had their big exposition episode, and now we can get back to the fucking television. Series. Oh no, they just had the last three exposition episodes. Yeah. Um, in this one, the the 
crew starts out in kind of a caravan and they hit a spot where a bunch of cars have been abandoned on the road or people have died in their cars and the uh, the mobile home can't make it through. So they get out and they're kind of salvaging this graveyard for parts and for gas and things like that while putting cars into neutral and trying to move them out of the way. And the old dude who is probably the worst person to have as a lookout is on top of the mobile home yeah. with these binoculars. Yeah. The worst guy to have, he's probably got the worst vision He's the yeah. worst guy to have. No, he has the binoculars. At. That's actually his prescription. And here's the thing. He realizes that there's a like a zombie horde walking towards them while the zombie horde is like 10 feet away. What the fuck? It, I it, know. it is so... Re- so, so, so <laughs> this is a part I where, know. honestly... Okay. And, and there's, the an in, part- there's an entire expanse of highway that yes. they would have had to have walked. That You see it in the shot. You see an entire open area of highway in the shot that the zombies would have had to walk through to get to this point, and he doesn't notice them until they're on top it's of it. It's fucking retarded! Like, so I it, didn't see it! Well, no. well, everybody's hiding under the cars in this scene and, and waiting for it to pass. But and, the worst part is that so they, they show you. They show, they show you, you that what shot. the old guy was seeing, yeah. and they're Why like, didn't he speak up earlier? Why didn't you see this? How you, could you not you have seen this? You were standing on top of the tallest car on you the You have highway. one job. You have one job. <laughs> You've got one job. And when I you, ask you, when to you do guys, one thing. that's not the entirety of the episode. That's just like the first fifteen minutes. It's a pretty. I mean, when you when you get past that moronic part, you it's an enjoyable episode. I enjoyed yeah. the episode. There's not a big blip in a difference of last season to this season. So in a way, it's still The Walking Dead. You if you enjoyed last season, you're going to enjoy this. Except just like last season, you have to kind of excuse those you know like, what, th- those like, contr- like you know what that's, that's un- you know that that sucks and that's unfortunate when it happens but you know what the the sometimes people forget that when you make a television series you're not making a movie you don't always have the time or the ideal locations mm-hmm. and that sometimes you get fucked sometimes you just don't have the chance to get the coverage you need in order to sell that kind of shit and it's not right I mean obviously we can bitch about all we want it's right. perfectly fair but um, I remember there was a bit on Lost once where uh, Sawyer and Saeed were like walking down the beach or whatever and it was just this long shot. So you see them walking the beach talking. And then someone goes, hey, there's a fire. And the camera whips around and the fire was five feet away from them. And they, just, <laughs> and they just walked past it. And it's just their thing that's like, okay, your day was running long. You just had to kind of fucking get that shot, didn't you? You just have to move on. You know, it's serialized television. That one moment is going to be a distant memory in two seasons. Huh? They had, yeah. they had to set up this entire new shot. Though. It was yeah. like something that it's the it entire was basis extra. for the entire yeah. No, I'm just saying, but they, they fucked up. I'm saying they fucked up their coverage. Uh, but see if I can. Yeah, um, yeah. Never! <laughs> Your horse, speak. Um, yeah, but the it's cool because right when um, shit starts going down at the beginning of this first episode, it's it's cool. It's still cool. Like the greatest part about this show is that it has actually achieved. Good zombie movie, the yeah. show. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's actually done it really well, mm-hmm. but it's done good zombie movie, the show forever. Like it's it doesn't feel like it's uh, forever. It's been like what six and, episodes? And these are yeah, only the first. Dickhead. These are only the first two episodes. Yeah, but like um, forever. But it's not. They're not really setting up any arcs yet. They're yeah. not really setting up anything that's actually going to be season. You know five. what? It's literally just following a group of survivors day to day just like you would if you were uh, there on Jersey Shore yeah no my thing is Jersey Shore is more of an arc so far I'm gonna (laughs) gonna say this I'm gonna say this for Walking Dead Walking Dead has one thing going forward in that regard and one thing going against it one is that it's taking place in such a short period of time I saw the first season that you can have like an arc that's simply around do we go and get Michael Rooker for when you saw that so it has this immediacy we need more that kind of works but the other problem that it has with it, and I'm actually not sure if they're going to... Did they increase the length of the, of the second season? Is it going to be longer than yeah, six 13, episodes? 13 episodes. Okay, that first season was six fucking episodes. Right. You don't know if you're going to get any more than that. You don't want to set up too much shit, so they had to try to make that really self-contained. Right. Now, hopefully, they'll have the freedom to actually at least set up some character arcs, for fuck's sake. No, yeah. I, 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 I mean, of course we're going to watch this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still really good. It's still one of the yeah. best shows on television. Does it bother anyone else if they just call them walkers? Yeah. No, I just call it's them like, zombies. But they call him Walker. They we call talked him, about this. They yeah, call we, him we've Walkers. talked about this yeah. a lot. Uh, the, the actor's yeah. name is John Bernthal. John Bernthal is the guy who plays the, the other you just cop check your phone? In, in Walking Dead. No, it just came to me. Okay. John Bernthal and Norman Reedus, will, they're going to be at ZombieCon uh, in, in a week and a half. I think the 23rd and 24th hmm. in Seattle. Go to ZombieCon.com and check all that stuff out. Um, 
Guys, let's pause real quick because uh, our good friend Stephen Prescott, who's a big BBC America fan. Yay! Uh, oh, wait, wait, are we applying for Stephen or the BBC? BBC. Yay! Oh, uh, he got a chance to talk to Bedlam co creator uh, David Allison at Comic Con, and that's a show that started up here on the BBC America. Uh, I haven't watched it, but if it's on BBC, you know Stephen's a huge fan. Uh, he actually got uh, upset that we posted a Doctor Who article without telling him. Did you know that? He got upset. We posted a Doctor Who article suggesting the death of Amy Pond. Uh, or, or just the, the, spot, Yeah, I know. Pond. I know that guy was spot on. Spot the removal of Amy Pond. And I, think, I think remove her all you want. you got to cycle out the supporting right, cast. Right. I don't know if you necessarily and need so to tell her. We yeah. put up this article and Stephen was hurt. So, Stephen, we apologize. We're now going to run your interview with Bedlam co-creator David Allison. All right? David Allison, one of the creators of the new uh, show that's going to be on BBC America, Bedlam. Hi there. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so uh, Bedlam is, uh, the premise is it was a, an insane, insane asylum that has it turned into an apartment complex. Correct, yes. So tell me that you saw Derek Akora somewhere and realized that you could write him better <laughs> than he writes himself. <laughs> Actually, um, the city I live in, Leeds, in the UK, mm -hmm. um, I mean, like a lot of British cities, had a very huge asylum. And the one in Leeds um, uh, was enormous, absolutely huge. And um, when we started researching it, we... we we just all got obsessed with the kind of how much ma detailed matter there was about the, the history of the building and the, the particular cases. And so it, actually a lot of the ghost stories were based on, you know, real patients and real inmates and because they were better than anything we could have created. And right. what we didn't realize was uh, we went out to look at the building eventually, which is out in Menston, just outside Leeds. And um, to our astonishment, they were turning it into a luxury apartment. <laughs> It was, it was, a, we were like... Life imitating art. Well, we were kind of worried they might sue us because we thought we were like, we were like, <laughs> we'd taken the idea. We had absolutely no idea. Yeah. Um, and we were even talking to the security guard and he was going, yeah, I don't like this place at night. <laughs> this, this, is, this is, you couldn't make this up. It's wonderful. So, so yeah, it, it was life imitating art. That's yeah. awesome. It was. So, so, I mean, that's the premise of the show, but what, what, what's the show about? I mean... Um, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a hybrid. It's about... Uh, young people making their way in the world and trying to work out themselves and all that kind of relationship stuff, but within this dark, unforgiving, terrifying place. And I think it's a. I think ultimately it's about how you can't escape the past in, in a place like this. We wanted the building to be somewhere where it didn't matter how many coats of paint you put on it and how much you judged it up and made it look nice. Yeah. You could feel it seeping through the walls because when you read about these places, they were awful, horrible, vile disgusting places where people were treated like you, you couldn't even imagine and where doctors were basically experimenting on people that nobody gave a damn about because they were regarded as mentally unhinged or people wow. were thrown in there because they'd had an affair with the wrong person and stuff and left yeah. to rot so we wanted that sense of this building had so much badness in it and so it was so rotten to the core that you would just never be able to escape it basically yeah. and if you look at um, High Roids the building that we had, you know I wouldn't want to live there <laughs> I mean in no way so so and 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 that and I assume some of that that badness is reflected in in, in the in the characters and the characters who are living there. And yeah, that's the other thing. And without wanting to give too much away, it, you know the the family who ran the asylum, who are now running the apartment complex, are inextricably linked yeah. with that. And and you know it it you can't again that 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 family link and the character of Kate and her father Warren. It's almost like they have that bad blood in them, and it, it's something that they struggle to you know uh, to to overcome or not overcome i'm yeah. trying not to give things no, away good. here no, but no, yeah. yeah uh so yeah it's about it's about the building and it's about the family really yeah cool yeah cool so um so uh, tell me a little bit about the cast i mean there's a lot of uh you know uh, there's a lot of new faces to at least uh, americans you know we have you know this uh yeah uh, we know um um uh, well <laughs> will young Idol. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, so so. Tell me about uh, t tell me about the cast and, and uh, how you sure. Find I, uh, um, we wanted we wanted it to feel fresh, and that kind of in a way meant fresh faces. I mean, actually, all the cast have got a pretty good CV, and actually, I mean, Will has actually done a fair bit of acting, and he's been in a couple of movies and stuff, and yeah. he's you know he's really good. And the thing about Will was he just did the best audition yeah. by miles, you know, by and and because so. You know, we were a bit like, okay, pop star, you know, but he just, he got it. And when you look at the audition tape, it just was, it was obviously, it wasn't played to, born to play Ryan. Um, we just wanted to find people who could inhabit 
the roles really well and who you know you know we wanted it to be a, a, a ride the whole show like you know real thrill seeking thing and, and people who are can look good running down corridors really quickly and also <laughs> can emote well and, and, and deal with the, the flat dynamic. and So they can feel like real young people doing their thing, but also, you know, they can, they're can they part of the adventure too. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So we have a uh, we have a lot of international viewers and, and everything, but obviously... We Hello, international Americans, viewers. Hi. You know, lots of Americans. So, um, and uh, we're always, I, I'm, I'm the biggest advocate for British shows. Like, I, I'm, I'm the guy on the site who's always, got a, who's always watching the British shows first and try, getting, trying to get everyone mm. else to watch them. So you, you do my job for me. Tell, tell, tell these Americans, what, you know, what they're going to get and what they're, you know, why, why they need to watch Bedlam. Okay. I already know why. I'm okay. Already, I'm already set. Okay, okay. So. We want... We, <laughs> We wanted to do a kick-ass supernatural show yeah. that hits the ground running from the moment it starts, um, and there was this totally British in its outlook, but has that sense—I suppose—an American sense of the kind of thrill and, yeah. the, and the story and the plot, and you know, not wasting time and in, in, in really getting going. So we wanted a really kick-ass ghost story of the week that, was, that you could stand alone, you could st you can tune in and enjoy, but also those really big meaty serial stories and the sense of mystery and confusion and and unlocking the keys to different things as well. So it, so we wanted to just, you wanted to sit down and go, oh yes, I want to, I want to, I want to eat this whole thing up. You know, that's, that was, we wanted it to be a thrill and to be a ride. Nice. Let's see. Okay. Thank you. Did my job for me on that one. Fantastic. Good. So, so, uh, first time at Comic-Con. Yes. Uh, first time in San Diego. Yeah. So, so what do you, what do you, uh, is there anything you're in particular excited about to see at Comic-Con and I, do you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to see a lot of things. <laughs> I, this is really terrible, but I, 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 I don't know if I'm going to get opportunity, which is a shame. I, I'm just so excited. Just, I just want to go hang out with people and just people watch and just, you know, and, yeah. you know I just want to taste the flavor of the whole thing, and I'm hoping I get opportunity to see that. Um, so, you know, I, do you know what I mean? I just want to, I just want to go and yeah. dip my toe in there and... Uh, and see what see what it, works. It's BBC America. You guys, BBC America is uh, their booth is consistently packed. They've got to be able to get you into some cool parties this weekend. Well, you know, they, you they cool better places. do. <laughs> Hook a man up, please. <laughs> exactly. And awesome. It's, it's my birthday on Saturday as well, so it better be a oh, good party on that. Come so, on, yeah. come on. Um, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I'm hoping. So. Well, it's not in my hands. That's there you all go. I'm saying. There you go. Well, mm. I. BBC America is sponsoring uh, something on Saturday night, Fourth and B. You're there. That's maybe, maybe it's a secret birthday party. I don't know. Ah, okay. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, maybe. <laughs> I heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Well, David, um, you know, it's, I'm I'm really excited to to see the show. I've, I've seen the trailer and I've read all Great. about it. You know, Great. and uh, um, I'm I'm looking forward to actually meeting Theo tomorrow and uh, and and talking to him a bit too. So, but uh, cool. But it, it looks it looks fantastic and looks right up my alley. So, thank you so much hey, for, no for taking some time out and, and chatting with us. Pleasure. Really appreciate Pleasure. It. Yeah, yeah. Thank okay. you. So, Bedlam's playing on BBC America. <laughs> I am sold! You should watch. Because we totally just watched that clip with him. <laughs> Did um, you see what Stephen was wearing? Oh, my science, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get serious. Steve Jobs. The death of Steve oh, yeah. Jobs, we have to talk about this. You're we right. have to. The guy's, the guy's awesome. <laughs> you were about to tell a joke, and you go, no, no, we actually have yeah. to do No, 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 we this. have to talk about uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is great. Bibiani, uh, you re did you recently move to Apple? I you recently got my, well, I had a Mac when I was a kid. Okay. I had a Mac when I was a little kid, but it was like an Apple II, so, you know, that's not really. Right. Uh, but, yeah, no, I moved to, I finally uh, ditched my old, just really awful Dell laptop PC. Dell no, maybe just had that. just just had the the single worst customer service I've ever had. Maybe it was me, but I should not be on hold for two hours. That's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, it's really bad. So I I said fuck it, I'm gonna get a Mac. I took out money from like you know a, a trust Russian, thing. I, yeah, took, yeah, basically I went into hawk to get a Mac, <laughs> and I've been loving it ever since. My okay. Mac's been great. My iPhone is great. I think um, it's interesting for me that. Um, the respect people have for Macintosh as a brand. It's like rivaled only by like Pixar mm -hmm. in terms of just people just say, another what Steve these, Jobs another Steve Jobs brand. enterprise. Yeah. It's just people respect their talents, their ability to make products or, or, or in Pixar's case, movies uh, that everyone appreciates on some level, even cars, mm -hmm. um, cars on too. some level. I like the first cars. I didn't see cars too. Uh, I thought cars too was better. Oh wow! Um, Ooh, yeah, it actually it actually it actually entertained too. me. Uh, but uh, yeah, so listen, I, I think uh, there's I don't know. It's really sad. Steve Jobs he wasn't that old. 
Right. You know, he had, but he six had some weeks time ago when he, re- when yeah. he stepped down, we kind of knew this. Was we knew we knew something. We knew this was pretty bad. But... It's really admirable that he actually he really waited till like the last yeah. second. He, right. like, no, he in stayed there. in charge as yeah. long as he possibly could. Yeah, and I think it's. Uh, I mean, you could say you know you don't want to go too nuts with the whole great man principle and say that Steve Jobs did everything over there, but he did foster a company and environment that allowed really intelligent people to do really intelligent things that please all of the consumers. There's, right. You'll you'll see dissatisfied. You'll never really see a dissatisfied Mac customer. You know, maybe they're complaining that okay, our our Mac doesn't last as long as we want. We have to buy another one. You but compared, Apple Care. But yeah. but on the other hand, uh, you, you'll you'll never see any dissatisfied Mac customer as dissatisfied as a dissatisfied PC customer. Okay. Right. You know? No, that, they, absolutely. They, yeah. There's there's always shit. There's always something wrong. It's not like they make perfect products. But yeah, they're, but they're, they're, really, user, they're really user friendly. They, they've PC. revolutionized phones. They, they're they're he, there are no he, viruses. He, yeah, there are no. The guy is really really important and significant i think to the 20th century and the th- sad thing is i don't think there are too many people in charge of any kind of corporation particularly any corporation that has such a daily impact on people's lives mm-hmm. that seems to have the level of at least business integrity that he had in terms of making products that are actually useful and good and not just marketing them to people if right. whatever we have right um so yeah I, I i i don't know a hell of a lot about the guy's life for all i know he you know he probably killed he probably homeless people for fun. I don't know. But a lot, a lot came right out. A, a lot came out yeah. around around his death. And the mm-hmm. cool part is, like you know, I work at a website, and yeah. essentially once a big news event goes, we like just we hit Twitter, we hit all of the, the social media, <laughs> everything that's going on, yeah. just to see what everyone's saying. And uh, this is yeah. the death that the least people tried to make jokes about. Right. Um, yeah. The, the internet like, stayed classy. The yeah. The in, uh, the internet for the there's, most part there's, there's some dick you're never gonna get 100 there was some dick but fucking boing boing had a great thing where they changed their entire layout to look like a, like the first like uh mac interface uh, Aww, the desktop was really cool. sweet wired.com basically changed their entire front page no links to any article just steve jobs and then the quotes from all of like the biggest names wow. and tech yeah. and everything and xkcd had a xkcd had a great uh, comic strip that was the, like the eternal with flame the yeah. with like the little loading little That's circle funny. thing and just like his, his memorial or whatever yeah, and and just, a lot of just people, waiting for that to load again and a lot of people did like really actually great tributes but then of yeah. course you have gawker uh the gawker network who pretty much you guys know yeah just kind of relies on incendiary topics in order to get people rocking yeah. and so what they did is they actually uh published an article like a day or two later um but they published an article about like this stuff that everyone's being too polite to say about steve jobs right. um and right. this is you know a lot of i read that, that on know, a different cause, site cause, yeah cause that, that, bill gates yeah. Cause, you know because bill gates you know fucking hand in hand with steve jobs whenever you're thinking like yeah. Well, as soon as he died, Bill Gates became a trending topic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Bill Gates, you know, he, he and Melinda Gates started the Bill Gates Foundation. They give mo- a lot of their money, like huge chunks of their money to charity. Steve Jobs never did that. Yeah, right? I read never, an article about how he was, he was not, not a philanthropist. By any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Yeah. He actually, uh, you know, they had like children, like I think like in China, making a lot of the products. And yeah, I read that care. article. And he easily, he like he easily. <coughs> like cut down on the profits just a little bit and bring that shit to America. But they don't do that. He's always just been a really business savvy guy okay. with business on the mind. So it's not like we lost this saint, but we did lose an icon. Well, you know, so. here's the thing. And I was just talking to someone else about this. It, it, uh, something that um, Hitchcock said, and this is just about characters in a, in a story. Um, we respect you if you're good at your job, even if we don't like you. If right. you're good at your job, if you do your job really, really well and have integrity with it, we respect you. Polanski Oscar. There you go. Exactly. Polanski go. Oscar. Yeah. So, or uh, Michael Jackson pre the last 20 Chimpanzee years. and all that yeah. shit. No, like, you know, right. Michael Jackson dies forgiven for the pedophilia. We're, we're sorry we ever children. brought it up. Steve right. Jobs dies. Sorry. All right. He had people in China. Every company has people in China yeah. doing shit. It's fine. It's not the most horrible thing in the world when we find out that he like you know. It's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really bad. It's, very, it's really bad. But someone, let's, it's, someone, you know. someone said this was just. It's really. I don't actually mean this. It was like, but if I were a kid and I could be and I had to work at a sweatshop, I'd love to make iPhones. Like I think that would be. <laughs> I actually. One of the I, best I, I actually think Apple employee. I think actually, actually Apple employee Stephen Prescott's in China. Like <laughs> I, I, I think when, when Steve Jobs died, whatever was protecting Stephen. Uh, disappeared and they actually like he's not in the Bay Area anymore he's actually in China where where sadly you can't stream BBC America 
Yeah. Oh, sorry, Stephen. It's but all you right. can't bootleg it. Yeah. You also can't watch Geekscape there, which yeah. is all right. Might be why the kids are smarter yeah. in China. Yeah, Colbert's report was actually really touching. What was that? Well. Uh, Colbert did a thing where essentially he uh, showed that every time a new Apple product come, uh, came out, he was really, really excited about it. And uh, he, you know, showed <coughs> clips from past shows where he's like, oh, the new iPad is coming out, all this stuff. And then he showed when, I think it was at the Grammys, Grammys. at the Grammys, he was like, where's the envelope? Oh, let me do this on my new iPad. I remember that, he was that, the yeah. first person to ever get an iPad 2 uh, that didn't work for Apple. I remember and, that. Uh, and uh, Steve Jobs sent him one personally, and uh, he used it at the Grammy as a surprise. <laughs> he uh, used his uh, iPad 2, and then on the air he uh, showed this. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I knew Steve Jobs. We used to correspond all the time, and it's just this email that uh, Steve Jobs sent him personally that just said, Sweet, thanks, Steve. <laughs> and then he, and, uh, he ended it with uh, saying, you know, he did a lot of great things, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, he was a great guy, so uh, he responded via the iPad that he gave him. Uh, anytime, thanks for everything. Have a good one. Oh. Yeah, like, oh. just really touching. Did you cry in front of your TV? No. Cried yeah. in front of my computer. Have you, when was the last <laughs> time you cried, Gil? Were you fucking callous individual? This morning. Oh, this morning. She's dead. No more fun time. <laughs> <laughs> he lifts up a lifeless hand. Why is that hand so small? Because <laughs> it's you. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so, uh. guys, um, you told me before the taping started that you are not reading any of the DC books. No. And this whole DC revamp thing, out of principle, well, you will not read them. Okay, you need to stop you, doing that. You need that. to stop, you know, really just it's, doing it, my thing. It's like, hi. Jesus. Could you, uh, you, you put up my microphone? You I can. can you play, like, elevator music? audio listeners in that part <laughs> no no they're fucked and Dude, Vivian, he's the one who fucked them. Dun, 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 well, you don't have new speakers dun, dun, dun. Um, so that's what listen, I do. Uh, why, no, why are you no. staying clear of the DC book okay I'm when reading, I say it on I'm principle it makes it sound like I'm, I'm I'm it's too much a part of my life Right. You know, like they hurt, they hurt you. Yeah, it makes it sound like you know, I'm gonna fight tooth and nail to not buy any DC books I just don't give a shit anymore I just do not care what they have to do over there I'm just totally done the guy who has um, a Guy Gardner twenty eight fourteen gamer. Yeah, tag. I still like the characters. I just right. don't like. I just don't like what they're doing in the comics, and I'm not paying for them as a result. But why don't you care anymore? Like, what made you stop caring about these characters? What like made you used to fucking yeah? Care a lot about oh, I used to spend about seventy five dollars a week on comics. So what happened? It's mostly DC. Um, it's just uh, I stopped liking the stories they were telling. It was became too event driven. They stopped uh, making a lot of sense. You know, when you do, and we, we've had this conversation yeah. hundreds of times before. But uh, yeah, when you do event after event after event after reboot after reboot, uh, the changes mean nothing. The it's change not a story anymore. The change right. becomes the status quo, mm -hmm. and every story begins when the status quo is disrupted. So when the comic books don't fuck around for like two years and just tell some fucking stories, then I'll come back. Mm -hmm. You equalize this shit for two years, give me a place to start where I feel like it actually like the, the last you know bit of continuity is actually of consequence. Then I'll start reading a comic book, and it goes from Marvel too. Right, I'm, I, just, I'm just sick of it. I don't, I don't, I do not get. And you're not reading as, Marvel as well. I'm not reading Marvel as well. I mean, I'm interested. Don't get me wrong. A part of me is still kind of interested in some of the stuff that's going on. I, I'm following a little bit on the internet, but nothing I'm reading is making me go, dude. I got to get that. Okay. So they're preparing right. meals without cooking them. Basically, they're preparing meals without what that cooking means. them. I don't understand what that means either. Yeah. But you did say basically. Um, yeah. The uh, the ones I like are, are like. I like Animal Man. I like the the Jeff Lemire one. Okay, uh, he's Animal a good writer. I like yeah. I like some of the ones that aren't necessarily the the big bombastic ones. And I think yeah. readers I are really weird I think readers be... are discovering that those yeah. are the good ones too. I thought it was really weird. I, this actually of all the ones that I almost want to pick up, this is the one because I can't believe they brought it back. Was Resurrection Man? Mm -hmm. I was like, really, Resurrection Man? That was what that last for like twelve issues in nineteen ninety four. What what I've heard is a rumor is that DC Entertainment, what they started over at Warner Brothers with uh, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee and Jeff Johns, and uh, there's another individual involved. Hmm. They All those people's jobs were on the line. Oh, yeah. As recently as a few months ago, okay. that this whole DC Entertainment thing started, and they impatiently said, we're not even going to wait for this to go. Like This needs to work immediately. So what the DC editorial decided to do was just throw against the wall this entire DC new stuff, like mm -hmm. like reboot, to see if it would stick. Yeah. And if it doesn't stick, we're going. It's basically going to become Age of Apocalypse. 
Because mm. what I heard was that even Jim Lee, Dan DiDio, these people's lives were on the line, and that Jeff Johns very, <coughs> very almost, I mean, he almost became a Marvel guy. They almost got Jeff well, Johns over. Well, that's if, crazy. And if Jeff that's, Johns becomes... He hated working for Marvel. And Whoa. he almost became... Well, he hated working for Bill Hamas, or, or, supposedly. And now, that, oh, okay. and now that he's gone, and now that he'd be working with a former Vertigo editor... Um, what's his name? Uh, he's the editor-in-chief of Marvel now. Wait, they, they uh, actually... I, be, I didn't even catch that. Well, this is a while ago. I mean, he, 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 was, oh, he was a Vertigo... Oh, Joe Quesada's not the editor-in-chief? Joe Quesada's not editor-in-chief now. He's chief, oh, I can he's read Marvel chief, again. He's chief creative officer. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Forget it. Fuck it. I'm out. Um, <laughs> no, um, he actually, uh, Al- Axel Alonso. Oh, I like Axel, Axel Alonso. Axel Alonso's editor-in-chief of Marvel. I do like Axel. He fought tooth and nail. He fought tooth and nail to keep Jonah Hex alive for a long time. So I'm going to give him some credit. Yeah, and now, Axel Alonso's Now that Axel Alonso's editor-in-chief over there, they almost got, I mean, that would have been the yeah. end of it. Jeff Johns coming over to Marvel would have been... Pretty, pretty much, much I mean, the he, end he of it. You still have the occasional weird Grant Morrison thing, but that would have been about it. Right. That's yeah. the rumor that I heard that heads were that close you know to what? That's rolling. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. That's actually not fair. DC has a lot of talented people that are doing great work. I know. I just want, I just want to clarify. Gail Simone's still fucking talented as well. Well, Gail Simone would have, would have maybe walked as well as the rumor I'm hearing. Well, fair enough. So, DC. Hey, we finally got some comic books in Marvel with is, strong female characters. Um. So here we go. That's the only thing they'll let her write. I, I'm reading it. I'm sticking with it. The, the 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 Superman just doesn't feel like a stoic Superman. I still think that Superman has to be your guy, and he's reading very much like a 20 year old, and that's the way they designed him to do. Yeah. You know, action that's, comics. That is intentionally. Gotta get they, they, they're they're intentionally making Superman relatable. somebody relatable yeah. so you could beat around. And I, it sucks, but. The boring, stoic Superman is the one that we always think of, we right? We don't need he's a relatable a, Superman. We yeah, need he, a Superman he's an icon. We everyone. need someone we can right. look up to. That's the entire point of Superman, right. is that you look up to someone. And that some people think that's boring, and I think it's just, okay, it's just hard to write. Right. I'll give you that. It's hard to write, but people can do it. People have And Grant Morrison, the dude who's doing action comics, did write the, the best Superman book of the last 10 years, which is All-Star Superman. I oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that made Superman... That's the book I show people. Mm-hmm. I show that, and I show them what's so funny about Truth, Justice, and the American Way. And all of a sudden, not people Superman, Not Man for All Seasons? Man for All Seasons Man for All Seasons good. is good. Yeah. I feel like that's so steeped in Americana, it makes the entire thing feel as retro as people feel it, fear mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. You know? It's really good. If you already like Superman, Man for All Seasons is a wonderful book. But it's not what I show people to make him feel, to make them get Superman and why mm-hmm. he's actually significant today, because that feels so retro. Mm-hmm. It feels very Capra-esque, and that's great, but it's not, for, not the same argument. If you're not reading DC, if you're not reading Marvel, <coughs> are you reading comics at all? Bibs? Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, I, I, I pick up the occasional graphic novel. Uh, my girlfriend, actually, as an early uh, anniversary present, got me the coolest gift ever. She got me the Acts of Vengeance omnibus. What is it? You remember Acts of Vengeance? No. What? Acts of Vengeance. Nobody. Acts of, no. What? No. These were literally the first superhero comics I ever read in my entire life. It was, this lo- it was one of the first big, like, multi-comic, uh, huge, epic arcs that Marvel did beyond, like, Secret Wars. Um, basically, it was, like, yeah, late 80s, really early 90s. What? Close. That's distracting. I, I can't uh, use late 80s, one. early 90s. Um, what is You're going to run out of pens. Uh, anyway, anyway, so the, the whole premise of it, it's a silly idea. It was basically just an excuse for all our heroes fight the same villains over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. X-Men fight Magneto all the fucking time. What if Magneto fought the Fantastic Four? Right. So basically, it's this mysterious, like, all-powerful being. You find out the tw- it's a twist ending. It's not a big twist, but... You figure out, you find out who it is at the end of the of the of the crossover, uh, goes to all the great villains and says, "You know what your problem is? You're finding the same guys who kick the shit out of you every fucking time. Switch villains, right? So you know? yeah, switch, switch, yeah, yeah. Pre, you know, switch prey back. on different people. Yeah, exactly. Come out of them from out of nowhere. They'll have no fucking familiarity with your tactics or your abilities. We'll all work together to make your abilities like more powerful. You know, we'll give you like you know, they made the uh, absorbing man like have be able to fly with his fucking ball and chain or whatever, yeah. like Thor." Um, and yeah, it was just this long series of just really. When did that come out? That was late, like eighty nine to ninety one. Sounds around really that, good. Around that, it was really fun, and I'm rereading it. And like, yeah, some of them are crap, and some they're always crap. But there's some really cool shit. The, this is the entire uh, um, workaround. This is the entire reason why we had Spider Man as Captain Universe fighting the Tri Sentinel. Wow, you remember that? 
That's insane. That you remember? It was yeah. an act of violence. There was act of vengeance. Acts of vengeance. Is acts what of it vengeance. Is. Like this, it's like this one hundred. How much was the omnibus? That was like a hundred, hundred and fifty bucks. The omnibus was, and she yeah. got it for you. She, th- that is the coolest girlfriend in the world. Yeah, she's pretty yeah, fucking cool. I fucking marriage material, right? So anyway, so this is, it is marriage material. <laughs> Baby, honey, is this? Brian uh, just wants me to have a fucking match. Is this marriage material? Uh, yeah, I know, but no, it was really. It, can I be really your wedding to talk about Krav Maga? And, yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, are you being serious? Are you getting are you, more serious? Why are you putting me on the spot with this? Why is this? You, I mean, is I this? I love my girlfriend. Fuck you. Um, you love your girlfriend. Can fuck her. Fuck her twice. Once for you and once for me. I love you, honey. I forgot. Um, I forgot Ian did that. That's fucking awesome. Ian Kerner, my wedding crew. Ian Kerner, my wedding, spent the entire wedding teaching Nara Krav Maga. It was yeah, it was adorable. <laughs> it was amazing. That was like, fucking funny. Like it was amazing. He cornered Nara Williams. Nara Nar gave me shit. He's like, you saw me in the corner there, and you did nothing. And I was like, you were talking to Ian Kerner. What do I fucking know? We'd look over, and Ian Kerner sitting there and be like, take his wrist. And before I wait, you just and you like, you see him actually start doing like. Yeah, like, like punching moves. Too. Yeah. Awesome. Ian is Batman, as our yeah. email. Ian, Ian is a short Batman. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you can have an Ian themed wedding. Yeah. Just what? pictures of Ian Kerner. I went to a wedding last night, and there was a fire breather who looked like he was stepped off like a romance novel. He looked like a pirate of Penzance. He had like this long hair, like a fucking goatee, nice. and he had a sash. There was also a monkey, like a like a bad dates type monkey, that had, like a monkey trainer had running around this wedding. <laughs> It was a whole Moroccan theme. Now, now, guys in the room who aren't married, uh, do you want a big wedding? Uh, no. No? Kelly? I'm like, I'm like the only guy who wants a big wedding. I want a no, huge fuck-off wedding. I would wedding. love it. I just never thought of it. I uh, want... I, well, yes, uh, I mean, I've been thinking about this. It, I want to like... It all like comes down to what you can afford. I mean, Laura, I'll, Laura no, no, would... We'll I wanted we'll to have a wedding. Work. We'll make it work. From, from You'll make it work. weddings, I always felt like people had more fun at the small end. Well, no, no, okay, I don't mean, I don't want, like, this huge, like, fucking bridesmaids and my best friend's wedding kind of wedding. I just want, like, an event. I want, like, all the people to come here, and I want to, like, you know, like, at the stroke of midnight, we release the squirrels, and, like, there's squirrels running around everywhere. Oh, you want it'll a fucking awesome. crazy wedding. That's yeah, it'll be awesome. Wedding. I want to, like, do the difference, but we, we don't, like, exchange, we don't, we, yeah, exactly. We don't exchange vows. We play the first level of Halo 1 together, and we get to the point where she says, careful, there's two of us in here now, and we all just start to go. <laughs> Bibiani's girlfriend turns off the text him immediately. We have to talk. Let's talk. You're insane. Releasing the squirrels. I've told her this idea. She thinks that's funny. Aww, yeah, yeah, she didn't say we're gonna do that, but then, yeah. Okay. What the fuck? I'm, like, when is this? Next week? Yes. There you go. Bibiani, propose to her. Let's now. let's yeah. Let's propose, propose to the episode. Propose to the episode. I propose that I propose that you beat the shit out of these people next time you see them. Devin, Bibiani has something to say in closing this episode. And then that's when his mic falls off again. (laughs) (laughs) He's like... (laughs) All Devin sees is... If he proposed on... You know what? We've had people who... Met, met on Geekscape yeah. and moved together. You know, like, we've had all this. We've probably had a couple people that maybe get married or engaged. If you actually propose on Geekscape... That'd be fucking What's up? You're, like, like, you're turning my relationship into a marketing ploy. You would need a better life if you did that. You know what? You could go, I mean, releasing squirrels, you'd have to up it. I mean, because yeah. Geekscape proposal would actually be pretty Release flying mistakes. Release the badges! Oh, wait, we, we, don't, we don't need Ian's that punching them. <laughs> <laughs> it just cuts to Ian fighting animals. That wedding would be fucking awesome. Ian's, Ian's grabbing like grabbing them and they're just exploding. Uh, Ian. Uh, that would be awesome. I was thinking. I was thinking. Entire like, wedding was a, was, was a fucking hologram. Last night at the wedding, we, I was joking about how I wanted the Ewok Village wedding or I also wanted like a kiss themed wedding. And we were just making jokes with the people. Yeah, we were making jokes with the people around the, the, the table. How I was like, she wouldn't let me do it because there, there would be pyrotechnics involved and we'd have to wear makeup and she didn't want to be the cat. Uh, and, and no one wants and, and to be thinking, the cat. I was like, what is the worst possible? You guys should talk about this on the forums. The worst possible theme for your wedding. I, I have Human to, centipede too. No, I have to go with Braveheart. <laughs> like like Braveheart? Brave, Braveheart would actually be pretty bad. You're telling me Braveheart would be worse than Human centipede Human too. Human centipede too. Like, there'd have to be a third. Party. We give out like, the staple guns. Yeah. Oh, the bridesmaids come in in a line. One of them's pregnant yeah. and has to put the, exactly. the baby in the accelerator. Some, some people. We made a list of this on 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 Ranker, and some people have done some. Retort- the Juggalo funeral is awful, well, yeah, but like, what about? But the- someone had a Shrek. 
themed wedding. I saw that. Shrek. I saw, they were in England, right? Shrek, yeah. Is this couple in England? Fucking yeah, I saw those Shrek. photos. Yeah. I can see the Star Wars, the Star Trek, all these things yeah. have a huge cult following. But the bride and groom <coughs> are, who are, you know, very poor. Viviani, are you taking a nap? Dress <laughs> I'm out. I'm fuck, fuck all y'all bitches. Viviani's acting like... I want a Zathura-themed wedding. Viviani's like at, treating this episode like we're having like a, a theological conversation at three in the morning. Yeah. Viviani... Zardoz would be good, like a loincloth thing. Um, video games, are you still playing video games? I don't have much time anymore, but okay. yeah, I, I picked up Shadow and Colossus and Eco and HD, and that's really cool. I barely played into it, but I got that too. I have been playing, though, guys, NBA Jam on Fire Edition. I've been playing the shit out of it. Online, I've been playing it enough to know that the shove is basically the sawed-off shotgun. <laughs> like, 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 you know how the sawed-off shotgun yeah. pretty much destroys the fun for anybody in online gaming? Yeah. NBA Jam on Fire Edition, you catch the ball just fat, like enough to get shoved. And then have it stolen from you. And you're yeah. just sitting there going, okay. Well, that was always it's the just case a race to getting shoved. It's just a race always, to getting shoved. That was the whole thing with NBA Jam. Right. It was the whole, yeah, it was always that. You have to learn. Shoving isn't a real basketball move. No, well, neither is bursting into flames and flying <laughs> across the screen with a giant Bill Clinton head. But it would be point, badass if it point, was. Point, 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 Bibbs. Bill yeah. Clinton? Yeah. yeah. You see all the get like, famous celebrity heads on that uh, shit. Remember I, that? I'm, in, I, I'm enjoying it but I'm learning how to play online. I'm getting a little better at playing online, which pretty much means I'm getting better at being the first person to shove the other person, which I don't know yeah. if that's a game, but I'm, um, I'm yeah. giving it my best. If you've ever been in elementary school, yes, it is. <laughs> um, guys, that is our episode. We'd like to say thanks Stephen Prescott in China. I hate this fucking piece of paper! Um, ah, there! And I, I need some of that, but here you go. Uh, but we'll see you guys next week, and in two weeks we'll see you guys at ZombieCon. And um, you can follow us on Facebook. I need a new notepad. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, YouTube. Just search for Geekscape. You'll find us. Uh, and you can catch William Bibiani on Crave Online, writing movie reviews, and with a new podcast uh, show, uh, video we have show. A, we, have a, we have a podcast and a show. Yeah. We have uh, the uh, B-Movies podcast. Find us on iTunes. And we have a new show called The Trailer Head. It should be coming out hopefully in two weeks. And that is what's going on here. Uh, we'll see you guys next week with a bunch more shit. All right? Thank you. For Matt, for Matt Kelly, thank you. Say, say goodbye. Hey. Go fuck all yourselves. And, 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 and. Okay. okay. Oh.